welcome to the FinTech Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today, FinTech listeners. I've got a very special guest on the show today, Vincent Choi. Uh, he is the CEO for Pomelo Pay, and he is all the way from Singapore at the moment. So it is quite a delight that we've got the time today to talk. Uh, before we kick things off, um, Vincent, how are you doing today? I am very well. Thank you for having me. It's been, it's been a pleasure to be on the podcast. Not a problem. I was just saying, you know, obviously with us being in two different parts of the world, you know, it's quite nice actually that we've got the time today, obviously, especially with the time difference. Um, I see with you, obviously, it's looking quite cloudy where you are. You said there might be a storm brewing. <laughs> yes, apparently the storm season is about to start or, or what have you. But yes, <laughs> not as sunny <laughs> as, uh, and as warm as you may think Singapore is, but uh, nonetheless, here we are. <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, it will be on my bucket list, obviously, in a lockdown at the moment, as we can all appreciate. But Singapore will definitely be on my bucket list to uh, to visit at some point when things are better. Obviously, here in the UK, it's quite sunny at the moment, but it seems to be that it's sunny, but it's still very cold. So, uh, unfortunately, it's definitely uh, definitely fallen into spring. Um, so, just to start off with, I think for a lot of our listeners today, obviously, you know, a lot of listeners have heard of Pomelo Pay before. So, you know, obviously, we're not going to take it as something for granted that they don't know. But if you could just perhaps start off today with a little introduction about yourself, uh, Vincent, just to sort of introduce yourself, um, the business and talk a little bit more about the products. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, uh, my name is Vincent Choi. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Melopay. Uh, we help businesses accept payments without the use of any additional hardware. So we leverage off what we have already, which is in our pocket, which is our smartphone. And from there, we combine a number of different technologies from QR, um, NFC, uh, and also uh, gateway technologies to create this hardwareless solution for businesses. Our whole mantra really is around helping businesses um, be able to accept payments without the high cost to even get into that and then creating an experience both for the customers and the businesses, which hopefully means that they can be able to take a payment however the business interacts with their customers. So that's really what we do at its core. Uh, we are currently uh, uh, deployed in eight countries and growing quite quickly. We are headquartered in the UK, but I'm currently, as you mentioned, in our Singapore office where mm -hmm. we help uh, quite a few of the countries in ASEAN do the same thing as well. Well, that sounds exciting. I think already, like you've said, you know, you are very branched out to say the least, obviously with Pomelo Pay, you're really um, hitting the globe with actually the work that you're doing. And um, like you said, obviously, yes, you are in Singapore at the moment, but obviously your headquarters is the UK. Um, you know, I think just for that as a background for Pomelo Pay, um, it's a great sort of introduction for our listeners, because, you know, like I said, we've got other fintech experts that tune in you know, that obviously know about the company. Um, but obviously for anyone today that actually wants to find a bit more about it, this is the perfect opportunity. Um, so I think one of our main topics today, which we're going to be talking about is obviously uh, contactless payments. Because um, I think it's safe to say in the last year, contactless payments has been very significant um, in regards to the impact and the effect of the pandemic, you know, for a lot of consumers, which has then coincided with businesses. So for a moment, Vincent, could you talk about uh, what problems do contactless payments solve for businesses? You know, can you give me any examples with that? Yeah, I mean, contactless payments in the last few years have really grown and people look at it is without um, the use of the pin and be able to tap their card and go, which has been super convenient for a lot of mm. businesses. And I think you know, if we wind back 
as to why contactless payments even came into the fold is because we're trying to reduce that friction between a business and their customer. And I think the whole point around uh, uh, these frictionless payments is because payments is kind of the last step in any sales journey. And you know, you don't want to have the last step being the biggest hurdle. So you know, it, is the, it is the job of the payments company to reduce that friction because the hard work has already been done. So I think with the contactless payments, what, what when the introduction of that, it was to solve a uh, optimization question. How do we, how do businesses transact with more customers? So there isn't a, a queue, so to speak, just because someone should put their chip and pin to pay. But of course, in recent times with COVID, we contactless payments is more than just being able to, be able to tap the um, uh, card uh, and go because we now have a health concern, which in a way uh, payments never had to uh, uh, deal with, but now we do. So contactless payments is, it's, is, you know, has expanded in the last year to the likes of QR code payments, because that's truly contactless in this way, is distant payments even. So we, we, we're starting to see, and we, we've been working on this for quite a few years, on how to make not only businesses and customers transact in a much uh, with a lot less friction but actually how do we keep them COVID secure which uh, I, I can't say for a moment that this was the reason why we deploy mm. QR codes but it so happens QR payments is solving a problem which helps with both remote payments as well as distant payments and this is where I think contactless uh, payments now is expanding into and contactless payments uh, is basically um, uh, helping solve this or how to help businesses and customers transact during and after this pandemic as well. I think that's a very um, significant point you've just mentioned there, obviously in regards to the QR codes and it being actually something that is solving the reality at the moment of obviously trying to make those payments which are going to be manageable from a socially distant standpoint, whether it's consumer to business, business to business. Um, but actually, we, we, we've seen that in the last year, I suppose, you know, even when it's come to the little glimpse of hospitality where, you know, people could go out and still, um, you know, use businesses to gain either food or drink. You'd have the QR code access to at least think I can still use the service, but obviously not putting that at risk from the business to the consumer. So, yeah, I think um, it's definitely one that's deemed to be a good solution in the last year especially with the qr codes and the contactless payments but rightly said you know obviously this is something which being aware of the problems and the issues which can happen with this has all got to be managed i suppose hasn't it no exactly right i mean qr codes has always been seen as okay it's it's a bit of a fad uh, in the west where in in the east where you know we work with a lot of clients here in asia has been the primary way of how people make payments and the truth is QR codes uh, themselves, of course, are not just for payments. It could be for a lot of different industries. And it was developed as actually as part of manufacturing more than anything else or quality control. But I think with QR payments, what that enables is actually a gateway into a much richer experience for both the business and customer. So you mentioned about the food and drink and the glimpses of hospitality that uh, we've had in the UK. And now, those, those were designed initially for being uh, COVID secure, 
and having the customers being comfortable in an environment where you know it's i guess the risk is higher than what it was pre the pandemic but actually there's a lot more you can do with that than just displaying a pdf menu for example and it can start to look at op uh, optimizing the operations of food and beverage and so it's 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 much more than just being COVID secure uh, you know the the whole human uh, we, I, I think no one would have thought 18 months ago that social human interaction was in danger uh, somewhat and I, I don't think anyone could have uh, 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 predict well maybe I'm sure some people did <laughs> but they weren't listened to and <laughs> the masses. so the, the majority of us I would say yeah we did didn't have a crystal ball yeah <laughs> no absolutely not some very intelligent people obviously knew this thing could happen but mm. unfortunately the majority of us uh, did not and you know what what we're initially seeing in, in those glimpses as you mentioned is a way to be COVID secure but now you know we're finding a business that's finding well actually we can do a lot more with it and this actually leads on to then um, not just about optimizations I mentioned, but increase in sales and, and, and richer content on, on people. Yes, it's a bit weird that you, some people will find, oh, well, how am I looking at my phone at a table of four? But actually, there's a lot of interactions to be uh, and different experiences to, uh, uh, that you can enhance from the businesses to the customer. And this is where I think payments is going to the next level. It isn't just about the processing of the actual transaction, but it's much more part of a customer journey than a traditionally involved. And this is where we focus our efforts on uh, as well with the businesses. Absolutely. I think, you know, you've explained it perfectly there, Vincent. It's actually just seeing the different elements that come into play with this and it's all working effectively and obviously bringing it back to Pomelo Pay and the effect that the company is having with that. It it all sounds at the end of the day, it's, it all sounds exciting. You know, it's something which is actually the adaption process in regards to COVID and working through it and maintaining it. You know, I think, well, I, I find it interesting. So <laughs> that's one already, which I think just, you know, I would love to see where the process goes, um, especially for Pomelo Pay in the next six to 12 months, seeing actually how it's continued, maintained and still seeing the success of it. Um, so obviously we've, we've talked about just then, obviously uh, the impact of COVID, um, you know, in the last year and obviously that in regards to contactless payments and the impact of using QR codes and all of that. Um, for my next question for you, which sectors has um, Pomelo Pay's offering seen growth over in the past year? Yeah, I mean, we've been surprised as well as some of these sectors. I mean, some of them are quite obvious that you would imagine uh, this would be the case in the sectors where uh, businesses who are quite mobile. Food and beverage uh, for starters, you know, have, as you mentioned, glimpses of um, uh, activity. And of course, right now, uh, by regulation and, and, and law, they've been suppressing activity. But the growth in that sector has still been huge because this is probably where the most social interactions happen. So, you know, the initial problem that we are solving for that sector is um, um, uh, being a, um, a COVID secure and then mm -hmm. enjoying that experience. But another surprising sector that's been digitizing. Yeah, even though there are platforms out there, are in the private hire in the taxi uh, uh, yes, space. Yes, of course. Um, and I, I, I'm not. Well, we don't have the data to definitively say this, but and we're not sure whether it's because people are uh, either using more uh, uh, private transports. 
to get around places because of the fee of in mass transport, whether that is warranted or not. Mm. That's a different conversation. But we certainly have seen a huge increase uh, in um, private transport companies uh, signing up to us. And traditionally, we know this sector uh, has been heavily dealt with cash. And we can only assume that because customers themselves are you know, staying away from cash because they don't want to touch the cash, mm. it means that the businesses are also having to adapt that's, uh, that as well. So there are some surprising sectors that we, I have to admit, we, we, we did not think uh, would be interested in our product, although it's very applicable. Certainly during the last year have uh, signed up um, and, and, and growing quite tremendously. I think what you just said there, you know, especially is another factor, you know, the uh, there's a sort of reduction in paying in, you know, actual cash or, you know, any sort of sterling or whatnot when it comes to payments. Because I suppose now it's that sort of unconscious bias you have where you think this isn't sanitized or it's not clean. So now I'm kind of going to the default of contactless payments or Sometimes if it's, you know, accessible, possibly chip and pin, but the majority of the time, like we said, is contactless payments. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, it's it's quite interesting what you said, obviously, in regards to like taxis and that side of the personal hire, where it's, again, thinking of the consumer and, you know, their habits in this new uh, normal that we're living in and actually thinking this is where we want it to be secure you know thing actually having your own personal hire in that respect is something which is still adapting to the situation but it's interesting to see what sorts of trends you know are happening at the moment no exactly i mean it's, it's interesting because i i've recently left london come to our singapore office and now like everyone else i've been uh in in lockdown of course i've now some some people say I've escaped, but it's a really, <laughs> there's a need for me to be here. Mm. And because Singapore's quite opened up, I was actually very uncomfortable in the first weeks I was here because mm. things were so so to speak normal, where you can go out and you know, you know they they have contactless of course as well. But when you're touching things, you just you didn't know quite how how to act. And I, I think come twelfth mm. of April when uh, the lockdown does everyone's going out and about i think there'll be a, a quite a number of us i'll be quite surprised as to how their behaviors have changed uh we, we like to think that um uh nothing's changed and it's like no we go back to the way we were but you know look speaking to other people and obviously this is not a scientific we didn't do a scientific experiment at all but i i would predict that um a lot of subtle behaviors that we used to not think about is now in the front of our minds. And payments mm. is definitely one of them about, oh, should I touch my, my chip and pin on it? This is why they, the government, I think, increased the contactless limits from what was already 30 to 45, mm. and now Absolutely. 100 because they probably recognize that as well. And it's so subtle, you would not have even thought twice about punching your, touching a terminal. Uh, 15 months ago mm. but now people are so even though i think the government in their policies have recognized that uh and predicting those changes and it was only, only to be seen how much of these behaviors that we now effectively it's our habits in the last year during the due to this lockdown is going to become permanent so this is something that we're we're waiting to see as well and the trends as you mentioned coming out of it and it'll be interesting to see how well how we're going to have to react to match that again with the same mission of reducing that friction of the payments between the business and the customers.
Definitely. I think, you know, what we've just talked about there with the current trends and seeing it from, I suppose you do have to see it, you know, where it's going to be in the next few months. Like you said, obviously, when the lockdown uh, restrictions ease, seeing it from a business standpoint, you know, fintech standpoint, and then in regards to the consumer customer standpoint, where these these habits you're having to then kind of watch again and see are there going to be different changes where you're adapting to it you know any sort of you know even from the consumer you might be thinking about your financial services that you use and the way you're using it some of the habits you had 18 months ago where there was a bit more flexibility you know you would be more than happy you know there's some consumers that would be wanting to have that human interaction more than the technology interaction whereas now it's almost kind of flipped because it still meets the consumer's needs but actually not having the human interaction is okay because you are I suppose relying on that technology side of things to think I can still get the same access um but yeah it's I, I think it's I just find it fascinating you know actually the whole standpoint on this of seeing where it's going to be um moving forward exactly right I mean it's 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 a bit like you know I think most most people um had a very distinct line between what they did offline so to speak and online mm -hmm. and, and now because of the of the pandemic that has definitely been blurred and it'll be interesting to see how consumers react to you know in in the offline environment so to speak how they want to still have the experience of what they've done for the last year because it's you know the time it's, it's been a long time this pandemic and mm -hmm. habits have been ingrained uh into a lot of us and you know this will be something that i think businesses can't underestimate as to you know for some i'm not saying uh, uh, for all or for majority but for some they may be so uncomfortable with the traditional way that they rather not transact with the business and and because we are on this recovery path and we are trying to help businesses recover as quickly as possible I think some businesses may be underestimating that barrier that used to be never be there, being there now, because even post pandemic. So we're really trying to get out to the market and to our businesses to you know, inform them of these things that could happen. And because our system doesn't really, not to plug, but you know, our system doesn't really have any capex attached to it. You know, it's low cost. We're saying, well, look, you can have these options. Just have it ready. So, you know, you don't know what type of customers now. Like your your customers, although the same, have very different behaviors due to the pandemic. Make sure you don't miss out, so to mm. speak, on business from them coming back. So it'll be interesting to see in the next few months when we do open back up. And I'm confident this will, you know, this will, will open back up and not be glimpses <laughs> like last year. <laughs> then that's I more mean, my optimism <laughs> coming through. I'm not I, <laughs> I was just about to say that, you know, we've got to try and stick to being an optimist in this situation, you know, because then at least it's kind of seeing where we will be, like we said, in six months time, 12 months time to actually think, yes, anything that's better than a glimpse of how the last year has been <laughs> exactly. something where it's kind of more an imprint into actually, yes, this is things up and running. Obviously, economically, it would be brilliant to see things going more back to normal in that sense, obviously seeing businesses, whether it's startups, unicorns, you know, any sort of kind of um, company, you know, in, I'd say in all sectors for this, this is a very generalized thought, but in all sectors, seeing it kind of go back, you know, to starting and, you know, going into surviving in the situation. Um, now, for my next point uh, today, Vincent, you know, obviously just mentioning Brexit in regards to um, 
our talk today. Um, Brexit and the pandemic have had far-ranging implications for businesses. Um, how can adopting contactless payment methods help a business future-proof themselves against these sort of shocks? You know, can you give me any examples with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as I mentioned, contactless payments, people are synonymous with uh, tapping their cards or machines, but it's that definition of contactless has really expanded. And I think having these digital payment channels now that business can have access to means that they can reach a, not just a wider, but a different audience than they previously uh, could. And yes, Brexit from a, you know, there's only so much of payments coming and solve with Brexit in mm -hmm. terms of the red tape and paperwork that comes with it, although it'd be an interesting problem to solve. Um, but you know, I think what we need to do as payments company is to help businesses reach that audience. And I think that's where the potential becomes on digital channels where businesses can actually access uh, different and new customers uh, and, and, and hopefully replace what's for some would have been lost due to Brexit. So I think this, this is where I think the, the, the double up of um, uh, you know, the, the pandemic has helped with and the, the expansion of contactless payments, both mm -hmm. in its definition and product, uh, is be quite quite useful. And uh, in terms of Brexit, because it is about you know whether whichever whichever uh, uh, side you're on, there is opportunity here perhaps to at least replace what was lost or even gain further from what you have. And that access to new uh, types of customers is what I think is most exciting about. Uh, contactless payments or, or even digital uh, payments altogether. Yeah, I think that's great. I think, like you just said, you know, being the optimist with this, you know, seeing the positive side of how contactless payments are going to be achieving, you know, constant success um, in regards to obviously the business to the consumer side of things. And Brexit is one of those, which I think it's kind of interesting to see how many different changes are happening globally or, you know, for us, you know, obviously Brexit being one, the pandemic, of course, you know, still ongoing with that, but seeing where these changes will be. Um, I'm still going to stick with the thought, like you said, of it being an exciting thought moving forward, because at the end of the day, being an optimist in this situation is just going to at least make the whole experience uh, more manageable, to say the least, you know. Um, Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I think one advantage as well, you know, we're seeing a lot of different trends and behaviours in different countries because mm -hmm. of their different responses to the pandemic. Uh, and, you know, I think that's going to be really be the key for a lot of businesses coming out of the ones, you know, who have survived. Uh, it'd be the real key on how they end up um, uh, reacting to these different behaviors and trends, especially for businesses who cater for international customer base already. Mm -hmm. There are already differing behaviors across the countries, simply because some have been less impacted, some have been more and it's to be seen on how these behaviors will change the way uh, UK businesses will do businesses with them. So this is where the Brexit part does come in as well, because we're now putting more international outlook to all types of UK businesses um, and with the differing trends across how different countries are uh, transacting. That's going to be a real challenge with some of these businesses. Yeah, I think that's a great example of what you just said you know thinking actually for a second how different companies have reacted with the pandemic it's not necessarily you know um we would have maybe seen it as a domino effect 
hypothetically speaking, of how the pandemic first started out, thinking that maybe globally we would have just kind of copied one after the other of seeing actually this is how it will be work. Obviously, it's not happened that way. Um, and we are seeing the different changes which are happening in different companies because obviously things are moving at a different rate. Um, but yeah, I think um, it will be interesting, very interesting to see what's going to happen Um moving forward and I think with that being said obviously being um <laughs> on the uh, line of being the optimist um one of my final questions today really moving forward um Vincent is what are you most excited about uh for 2021 obviously please talk about anything else which we haven't already talked about um when it comes to contactless payments for businesses obviously with that as well if you've got anything in particular um obviously this is this is your time <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, for us this year is uh, exciting because, um, you know, prefacing that there, there is a recovery. You know, we, we're focused on helping businesses recover. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned, the differing types of behaviours from customers and helping them navigate through that so they can transact as if it was normal, um, back to normal times will be critical. And that for us is a deployment of new technologies new ways customers will use uh, and interact with businesses. These are, I think in, this year will be the year where the leap in the digitization really takes a hold. Last year, we was already talking about, um, uh, you know, a huge, you know, we, we, I think the comments are like, we've done a decade worth of digitization in a year, but actually I think this is the year where it will materialize. And that's exciting because this will form the foundation for the next, five to 10 years on how we transact. And this could really take us to different levels. Um, and that's no, from the payments. Home. I mean, by far the biggest thing that uh, we're excited about is just no more lockdowns. I think that's, yes. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that, that's what everyone's looking forward. So, you know, and, and, and having back to normal, but, you know, and with that comes with, it, it comes with those behaviors that I mentioned. So that that's where we were looking at and we're releasing sort of quite a few different people uh, part of technology where we can you know, people have been uh, very dependent on their uh, smartphone technologies and tablets and what have you and we're releasing things to the businesses as well such as you know our, our tap to pay feature where businesses can use their smartphone as a machine rather than having mm -hmm. to having to have a, a dedicated terminal they can just do taps and then with uh, apple or google pay so the interaction is even fewer than it would be um, you know, with the attempt to turn on, making it more mobile, more flexible. Those are the other things that we're excited about that we're putting out into the market. So it's it's really very much around how do we deploy this technology to match with the recovery and letting the businesses focus on the recovery. You know, the, the last thing they want to, I can't imagine a business that wants to, you know, worry about their business. We've survived it. We've mm. gone through the hardest part. Only you go, oh, people don't want to pay this way. They don't want to touch this. Or no thanks, I don't take cash. And it's like, what? We're falling over the last hurdle. So our job really is to really help businesses. That's really where we're focused on, where we're excited about. And hopefully by the end of the year, people, we, we have incorporated these new trends and behaviours and it will feel somewhat normal. I'm not sure how normal we all feel, but I will aim for even as optimist somewhat normal in mm. terms of how we interact with businesses going forward. I think absolutely with what you just talked about there, it's something which is, you know, a very exciting ethos, I'd say, that you do have obviously as a company as well, really trying to be 
there for your consumers and to think actually this is how it's going to be manageable moving forward and you know an effective process in regards to obviously what you've just said you know actually the different trends that are happening and you know the work which will be coming out for Pomelo Pay in the next few months very excited for uh, for you guys and I think actually just seeing it happen is going to be great once we've hit obviously like you said the lockdown restrictions you know when they go and fingers crossed we have we'll call it the new normal you know to see actually how yeah how things kind of evolve and change for everyone I think at the end of the day I kind of have it the this is very generalized, you know, but I do put this in the point of fintech, uh, particularly, you know, in regards to the consumer side of things, you know, facing businesses. We are all now put into the deep end, especially when it comes to obviously lockdown being restricted and sort of going back to the new normal. Being in at the deep end, obviously, of course, we're there to help one another when it comes from a consumer business uh, standpoint. And I think just seeing how that journey is going to go moving forward. We're all in the same boat, you know, it's kind of, we will see where it works effectively. And I think with Pomelo Pay, it's just, it sounds great. No, I think, I mean, yes, I mean, that's, that's exactly right. We just, we, we want to, we want to make sure that things just run smoothly. I think at the end of the day, you know, we know there'll be some barriers and hiccups and, and recovery, mm. but it was, as long as we can help business run smoothly and the customers coming back um, to these businesses, uh, that 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 will mean the most to I think not just myself but all of our staff who who see that our merchants really do are on the recovery path and we can help them with that and then we can worry about 2022 later. <laughs> so <'cause if> just, <laughs> let's get on that path and that's that's all we all focus on. <laughs> exactly, Vincent. I think that's um that's a great note for us to end on today. Um, Vincent, again, thank you so much for your time. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Um, and I wish you all the best for the rest of 2021 and fingers crossed for 2022. Excellent. Thank you very much for having me.